We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, Josh Harris, a former evangelical megastar, goes to Newsweek and announces that he's launching a new course on deconstructing the Christian faith. You have problems with that? Well, you should. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. And this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Today I'm going to try to get away from a lot of the daily news. I'm going to, I'm going to try not to talk much about Afghanistan or Islam or COVID or COVID vaccines or Pfizer or the White House or politics or Joe Biden. I'm sorry. I may get going here and break my word before I even take a breath. But I'd like to focus on something that's more important today than all of this nonsense that seems to dominate our attention, demand that we continue to fixate on our iPhones or our laptops or whatever we use for our social media. And we stop thinking about the things that are important and these distractions actually corrode our soul. So I'm going to try to get off of that stuff, that nonsense for the day, and talk about something a little bit more important. That thing is this. That thing is compromise versus conviction. Compromise versus conviction. I'm going to talk about the difference between the two, and I'm going to suggest that compromise is actually the antithesis, the opposite of conviction, and that compromise is the corrosion of the soul. That's today's topic. That's what I would like to discuss. And and I'm going to use the story of Josh Harris, the author of Kissing, Dating Goodbye, and the former pastor of a great big megachurch, evangelical church, who has now renounced his faith and is offering classes to teach you how to do the same. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Okay, Josh Harris and compromise versus conviction. Now, some of you may be a bit uncomfortable that I say that compromise is the opposite, the antithesis of conviction. And that somehow compromise is always showing or demonstrating or evidence of a lack of character. Because you know that sometimes compromise is an important skill. It's important to your life when it comes to whose family, for example, you're going to spend the holidays with. Compromise is good. It's not bad. Or what color you're going to paint your house, interior or perhaps exterior. Again, compromise 
would be a good thing there, most likely. That's how you avoid bloodshed in family <laughs> discussions. If you're trying to decide what movie to watch on Friday evening. Again, compromise. Compromise is part of conflict resolution on those types of things. Compromise in those situations is essential. It's part of being in a good, healthy relationship. So I'm not discouraging that, and I'm not saying that's the antithesis of character. What I'm suggesting is this compromise that you see in Josh Harris and this compromise that you see across the land, whether it be church leaders or whether it be politicians or pick your leader, whether it be college presidents. For example, my life was in the college presidency. And I saw Christian college leaders compromising all the time. Well, we're not going to call ourselves a Christian college any longer. We're going to call ourselves a liberal arts college in the Christian tradition. There was a school up in New York, long-standing evangelical Christian institution, evangelical liberal arts school, evangelical, a Christian liberal arts institution, I should say. I'll say that again, a Christian liberal arts institution. Well, because the state of New York wouldn't grant financial aid to Christian institutions any longer, they changed their definition legally to a liberal arts institution in the Christian tradition. And some may say, well, that's a very subtle change, a very subtle difference. Didn't make any difference. Yes, it did. They compromised. They were no longer a Christian liberal arts institution. They were now a liberal arts institution in the Christian tradition. That was a compromise, and it ended up showing itself in the way they hired, the way they fired, and who they eventually would become. Okay, so there are times when compromise is okay because that's just minor things like the color of a house or the restaurant you're going to go to or where you're going to spend the holidays, but there are other times where compromise is just unacceptable. And we've got to know the difference between the times that we compromise and the times that we're going to stand resolute, steadfast. I mean, it's part of growing up and being an adult rather than acting like an adolescent our entire lives. Again, my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe But It's Good, has 20 chapters of how to function like a mature human being in a culture that is known for its compromise. And again, I said that the reason that the Muslims look at the West, the United States in particular, and laugh at us, it's because we have no conviction. We've sold our soul. And they see us as immoral compromises of what we're supposed to be, of what we claim to be. You don't really believe in your Christianity because you don't even follow Christ, is what they're thinking. And are they wrong? So, when it comes to morals and standards and truth, I would argue there's no room for compromise. Not today. Not tomorrow. Never. We don't compromise on those things that are first things. Because that's called hypocrisy. 
All right. So briefly on this story of Josh Harris. Now, Josh Harris is the guy that wrote the book, Kissing Dating Goodbye. I believe he authored it while he was still a teenager, and it was a huge hit. Evangelicals across the entire nation, maybe even some others that weren't evangelicals, were buying this book. I mean, it was hot. It was hot. People were buying it for their own children as a model for how they wanted their kids to live their lives in sexual purity. And in fact, Josh Harris was part of the purity movement, if you remember that, which is a good thing. It bothers me that it's being maligned right now. Um, But one of the reasons it's being maligned is because of people like Josh Harris, I would argue. So he was a high-profile Christian leader who uh, was a big deal when he was young, and he became, I would argue, uh, addicted to fame. Um, When you're given that type of attention when you're that young, and you become that big of a deal before you're 20, Uh, It's going to be very difficult to weather this storm. And here we are. So Josh Harris went on and became a megachurch pastor. Um, And in 2019, he renounced all of it. And he said, I'm no longer a Christian. He walked away from his church. He walked away from his family. He divorced his wife. He recanted everything he said about sexual purity And he embraced the LGBTQIA movement. Uh, So, and he had to make a big deal about it. He had to post it on Instagram and tell everybody about it. And I thought at the time, why? Why are you telling everybody about this? What is the point? If you want to walk away from your faith, then do it privately. Why take everybody else down with you? Why try to encourage others to appreciate and accept what you do? If you want to walk away from your faith, then fine. But why is it so important to do it while you're standing on the rooftops, shouting of your doubt, shouting of your hypocrisy? And he's saying this, that I I, I don't believe this stuff. Everything I said, I'm going to recant. Why do you have to do that in front of millions? Why can't you just do it privately? Why do you have to tell everybody else that you're going to be disloyal to your wife and break your oath to her and break your commitment to your own children? So now he's in the news. Okay, that was 2019. I thought thought he'd gone away. But no, now he's in the news. Gives an interview to Newsweek. And he's launching this class. And I told you about it already. It's a class on how to reframe your story. (laughs) Deconstruction starter pack. $275. And that also comes with a five-week class (laughs) that will be launched in September. And he's apologizing for the harm he caused by being a leader of the purity culture. (laughs) I'll give you more here. Here's what he said to Newsweek. I created this for people who are unpacking and have questions and changing their belief. Those who feel really alone in doing that. Now, (laughs) he went on and said, you can feel like something is wrong with you. I wanted to create something to help people reframe their thinking 
and to be able to decide for themselves what things they want to hold on to and if they want to, well, you know, let go of certain religious ideas. <sighs> He's not alone. I mean, others are doing the same thing. You've got Kevin Max of DC Talk. You have Abraham Piper, who is John Piper's son, John Piper, not a relation of mine. John Piper, good man, solid man, who has written prolifically about the orthodoxy of the faith. One of the books is Desiring God. You have Marty Sampson, a Baptist preacher. Uh, Excuse me, no, not a Baptist preacher. He was uh, uh, a Hillsong worship leader. These are examples of people who are just deconstructing their faith. Uh, It's really so sad. Uh, Carl Truman, who works at uh, Grove City College in Pennsylvania, um, he's a fellow of the Ethics and Public Policy Center in Washington, D.C., too. He said that, you know, this whole Josh Harris thing is interesting because now it's used with this pseudo-intellectual language of deconstruction. And they do this in order to describe it and elevate it as being something that really needs to be attended to. Now, notice that Truman said pseudo-intellectual language. In other words, this stuff sounds smart, but it's really not. It's just shallow. It's just shallow. So don't be distracted by the pseudo-intellectual language. Truman is spot on in telling us that. All right, I won't go any further in the Newsweek article. Oh, by the way, (laughs) I can't can't stop. Oh, I just can't stop. Forgive me. Um, Here's something that Harris says on his website. Message clarity coaching for thought leaders. And he goes on, um, finding your tribe, learning your brand voice. And his group coaching package will include (laughs) eight live group sessions and lesson plans and supplemental videos. And it will cost $1,750. I'm not kidding. This guy's shameless. What are you doing? You're going out and trying to. You're you're addicted to fame. Okay, you got to have your mug. You got to have your. You got to have your face in front of the camera all the time. You can't stand the fact that you're losing credibility. You're losing an audience. You have fewer people listening to you now than you used to. So what are you going to do? You're going to go out and sell. Uh, you're going to sell this deconstruction nonsense for $275, and then you're going to use that as a hook to bait people into an eight-session and lesson plans and, what's it say, supplemental videos that cost $1,750. And then you're going to say stuff like this. He goes on, he says, I'm trying to help people. Healing can be found in sharing our stories. Well, apparently healing can be found for you in trying in finding enough, enough people who are <laughs> broken enough and sad enough and confused enough and in some cases just doggone stupid enough to pay you either $275 for the, you know, the special deal <laughs> and then drag them into spending $1,750. Oh, so sad. So sad. Anyway... Let's go back. 
Let's go back to... Do you remember Aaron Tippin's song in 1991, I think it was? It was, says you've, it, it was titled, You Gotta Stand for Something. Josh Harris just needs to go listen to that and that song alone and maybe read his Bible a little bit more and stop looking at himself in the mirror so much and being infatuated with what he sees. The blatant narcissism in this guy is just stunning. Go stand for something. Go listen to Aaron Tippin. You got to stand for something. The moral of this story right now, so far in this broadcast, is if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And apparently, Harris thinks there are a lot of people out there that are willing to fall for this ruse, the snake oil, $275 or $1,750 for nothing but narcissistic snake oil. Uh, So the question for the day is this. Where do we stand? What is it that we believe? Are we willing to stand for anything regardless of the consequences as a culture? You know, G.K. Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton, one of my favorites, you know that, said this, impartiality is a pompous name for indifference, which is an elegant name for ignorance, close quote. One more time, G.K. Chesterton, impartiality is a pompous name for indifference, which is an elegant name for ignorance. Impartiality, well, it's the same thing as tolerance. It's the same thing as this vacuous nonsense that Josh Harris is selling right now. It's it's ignorance. It's nothing but impartiality, tolerance, open-mindedness, deconstruction. All an elegant name for ignorance. This stuff lacks conviction. It screams compromise. So there we are back to my question, the continuum, the argument that I started with, that compromise is the antithesis of conviction. Oh, yeah, Harris can publicly recant all the stuff that he previously wrote. He can turn his back on God. He can walk away from his faith and his family. And he can go out on Instagram and Newsweek, and he can boast about all of it to the high heavens. But why? Why? Deconstruction, falling away. Here's one of Harris's quotes. By all the measurements I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian, close quote. I would agree. But again, why are you trying to make money off of this? Am I just throwing stones at Harris? Am I mocking him? I'm, eh, I'm try- I probably have crossed the line. I'm sorry. But that, that's really not my point. Uh, my intent here is to highlight, excuse me, not, my intent is to focus on, to highlight that what Harris is doing is a growing, it's a disturbing trend. It's a spectacle. It's a big show. Like I said to people who are addicted to fame, and unfortunately, all of us are right now because of social media. We think we're famous because of the number of followers we have. So that when we want to talk about this kind of stuff, we don't do so privately, we do so publicly. And we affect not just our spouse or our small group at church, we affect hundreds, thousands, millions of people who are watching. 
But here's the question I have. If you lack the conviction to stay the course, haven't you revealed what kind of person you are? What kind, Can a man be trusted if he wants fame and notoriety more than he wants to be steadfast and immovable? If he's going to walk away from his commitments and then turn around and immediately champion an antithetical worldview, are you, do you trust him? Are you going to follow him? Are you going to spend money on him? Are you going to commit your life to that? I hope not. I hope you question that. Why would you believe that that type of person who just walked away from everything that he said was so important in his life, from his wife to his church to his God, why would you believe anything that he says now? Anything. Why would you believe it? When will the next compromise come? I, I know people change all the time. They change their clothing. They change their address. We, but hopefully, we all become adults at some time. We grow up and we make decisions as to who we are and we stop changing with the fads, with the next thing that comes down the pike. I guess it's, if it's your hair then that's one thing. But if it's your soul, I would argue it's a completely different discussion. If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. You will flip and you will flop. And you will walk your way, confused and disoriented through life, from job to job, church to church, team to team, marriage to marriage. A lack of conviction this type of compromise, this impartiality and tolerance and deconstruction, all this stuff means that you've really sold your soul to the highest bidder and the newest fad at any given moment. And that when discomfort or difficulty or lack of popularity or money or pleasure when these things beckon, you will compromise. You know, St. Paul wrote this to the church in Galatia. I am now trying to win the approval of human beings, or am I trying to win the approval of God? That's a rhetorical question, by the way. And then he went on and he said, or am I still trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul made it clear that he's serving God. He's not serving you. He's not serving people. He's serving Christ. His conviction, his conviction, not his compromises, changed his entire life. He did a 180, a literal 180. He turned around, went the other direction, stopped everything that he had done before, and with conviction not compromised, became one of the seeds planted that sowed the early church and resulted in an entire world changing. 
human history changing because this man was a man of conviction, not compromise. His decision wasn't just a, a few words in Twitter or a posting on Facebook or an interview with Newsweek. No, this was his life. This was his character. This was his conviction. This was his identity. It was not fluid. I hate that word today. It was fixed. This was his very soul. Josh Harris doesn't inspire confidence. His hypocrisy and selfishness is nothing but a lack of conviction. There's no consistency and there's no integrity. And like I said, if he wasn't telling you the truth then, then you could rightly, rightly be asking yourself, then why would he tell me the truth now? He's cheated on his wife. So why wouldn't he cheat me? Where there is no compromise, there's conviction. And where there is compromise, there is no trust. This is why people don't trust Congress. It's just compromise. We don't believe them. This is why people are starting to not trust the church. There's no compromise. There's no conviction there. It's just constantly compromise. Real quick, John Wesley. There's an example of a man of conviction and not compromise. Wesley was a man of action, not just words. He believed in the methods of holy living. His message to the church was you need to start practicing what you preach. Stop the compromise. Wesley knew that compromise was essentially akin to the salt losing its savor because nobody would care. It would be tasteless. It would be indistinct. It would be of no value. As I close, let me use another analogy other than salt. Let's talk about jello. Do you want to follow a Josh Harris or do you want to follow somebody like the prophet Joshua who said, as for me and my house, we're here. We're not turning back. We're going to serve the Lord. You know, leaders make decisions and they don't turn back. They don't compromise. They're going to shout with Luther, here I stand. I can do no other. And here's the thing. You can nail 95 theses to a wall and you can change the world, but you can't nail jello to much of anything. Have some conviction. Stop the compromise. And you can change the world. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.